Hello, and welcome to It's a Dean Thing, the podcast that deeply delves into the fictional character Dean Winchester from Supernatural. We're your hosts, Aaron, Paula, and Susie. We will be going season by season to discuss all aspects of Dean's psychology and relationships and how that changes or stays the same throughout the seasons. Now a disclaimer. First and foremost, we are Dean fans, and as such, we will defend him above all others. We are also highly critical of other characters that you may love, like Sam, John, and Mary. But we promise to provide an engaging and fun podcast, inviting thoughtful and interesting discussions. So put on your favorite flannel, cut a slice of pie, and join us for this fun ride. Welcome to our second episode of It's a Dean Thing. And this is the episode really kicking it off because our first episode wasn't really going into the psychology or analyzing Dean as a character like we are going to be doing most of the time. So this is our very first real one. And just to recap, the way we're going to do this is Paula, Susie, and I are going to take turns every other week with who decides what we're with what we're deciding what we're going to be covering. So we each get turns deciding what we're going to cover for that episode. And so we're going alphabetical. So we're starting with me, Aaron. And so we are going to be talking in this episode about Dean and sex and his relationship with Cassie and just women in general. So just that dynamic is what we're first starting out. And this is only for season one. But before we get into that, my lovely co-hosts, Paula. Say hi, Paula. Hello. And Susie. Hi. So I'm so excited to be back again. We haven't even, we're recording this before we've even released our first episode. So this is even more exciting, (laughs) I think. We're like ahead of the curve. So we have no idea what the reactions are yet. Hopefully they're positive. Hopefully you are all enjoying our first one. And hopefully you enjoy this one. Since we are going to be talking about sex, I guess trigger warning for sex. I don't know. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of it in this show anyway, but <laughs> no, there really isn't. But we are going to talk about the sex scene that is in here. Um, and so what I first wanted to start out with is so Dean and the way people talk about Dean is that Dean presents himself as someone who leads with just sex when it comes to women. He doesn't seem on the surface and the way people talk about him like he does relationships. He's all about pleasure kind of thing. One night stands. He even presents as someone who's always flirting constantly with women. So my first question before we get into the Cassie stuff and other things is, do you think, Paula, that this presentation that Dean has of kind of cocky bravado, is it real or is it just a facade? I think a lot of it is facade. I kind of have this theory that a lot of how Dean presents himself kind of changes depending upon people's perception of him. And I think it's also kind of a a shield. But I think for the most part, I think it's a facade. I think he cares so deeply for people that he's not that shallow. Now, I do think he uses it to to kind of have connection with people because he doesn't have at this point in his life, he doesn't have a home. He's very transient and he's lonely. And I think he uses that to make connections with people as short-lived as they are. 
And I think he prefers to keep them short-lived because if he makes a longer-term connection with people, he runs the risk of them leaving him. And at this point in his life, everybody has left him that he's cared about to one extent or another. His mother has died. He's lost his home. You know, it's season one or episode one. John has left and they're still trying to find him in the early part of the season. Sam has left him to go to college. So everybody that he's cared about to any extent has left him or been taken from him. So I think there's a little bit of fear in regards to creating those longer term relationships. So, and I think there's also a big component of, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. And he does, again, he doesn't have a home. So he doesn't have a lot of possessions. He doesn't have a lot of leisure time, if you will. So I hate to say it's a hobby, but this is probably one of the ways that he <laughs> relieves stress. I mean, you know, and, you know, just, connects with people in in whatever way he can. I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily calling it like a hobby because I mean I, I know that sounds right horrible. right yeah <laughs> if you're talking about people and you're like and human beings and you're like you're my hobby right but I but I think it it's like like you said it's I mean well I think it's like one of the few things you know he might find something like pleasure in and so those few things he finds pleasure in as long as it's all consensual, that's, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think most of the women probably. I I don't know because we don't really see much of it, honestly. But most of the women probably are oh, know what's going to happen. You'd think, but yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem to be the type that you know strings people along. He's very upfront about it. You know, this is just a a good time while we're here. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So Susie, do you do you think it's real or just a facade? I very much think that it is a that it's a facade because Dean Dean has this kind of like thing where he doesn't really he finds it hard to be vulnerable with other people and so in a sense flirting or having these one night stands allows him to still have some form of like human connection however fleeting but that still allows him the ability to keep them at a distance because he knows it's just not going to be a long-term thing and he like we'll we'll get into this later up to when we meet like cassie that's like his longest term relationship that we learn of at that point and also like unfortunately he like growing up he didn't have a lot of like healthy examples of like good relationships. Like the only one that he knew of was his, was his mother and his father. And he, and he lost that early on. So even in his formative years, he didn't even get any other like examples of that because also John, he would like, it's, it's evidence even more later on that John just also could not, commit to another long-term relationship because he was still stuck on the ghost of mary and on the memory of her but he john would also commit like not commit john would also have like various like one night stands or wherever he would go it would just be like fleeting moments of 
of like relationships that he would have with women that he would find, but it would never be anything long-term either. And so Dean, for the most part, being raised by his father, that's kind of like the only examples of relationships that he has. So it, it seems to me that also since Dean is always trying to gain his father's kind of like respect and trying to like emulate him in some way, something that I also, that is like my personal thought is that possibly the reason why he just like flirts and has these one night stands and doesn't have any long-term relationships is that in a way, however conscious or subconscious it is, he's kind of imitating his father's behavior because maybe in a sense, he's also trying to, in a way, like seek his approval through that avenue because it is something that Dean just just keeps pursuing throughout the season, throughout the seasons, and throughout this season especially, is to just be the good little soldier that his dad raised, and be the good little hunter, and do everything like, in the more traditional, like sort of like machismo, like man, like what is accepted of a real man, and like part of it is like keeping up this facade of like oh yeah i'm a i'm a serial womanizer who who loves him and leaves him and doesn't stay for long yeah yeah i think i think season one dean is very much his father's son kind of thing and he's very loyal to his father and i do agree Susie. i think a, a lot of this is him pretending to be his dad and i he never really i mean yes he saw his dad with his mom up until he was four. And then his whole rest of his identity would have been seeing his dad not have any real commitments, even to them, really, in a lot of respects. So I think he models everything. I mean, his what he wears, how he dresses, the music he listens to, his car, everything is John. Everything is his dad. He idolizes his dad. And I think he doesn't think he's as good as his dad. I think that's his big thing, tragedy in his mind is he's not as good as his dad. And I think he feels that in season one is where you really see that completely, where there's no like until later on in the season, there's no break in that. There's no like holes in that hero worship. It's almost hero worship that he feels for his dad. And I think that's where some of that comes from because you do see him like first thing you ever see where he's reacting to a woman is Jessica. And Jessica is basically, you know, like, and you can tell this was done by a man because I'm sorry, but the way she comes down there, just her little shirt and her and her little underwear and her little smurf shirt. It's like, okay, I know a man did this. Because, you know, when they first want to do this show, they were trying to appeal to a male audience. And so the first thing is he's instantly flirts with her and says, oh, you know, you chose the lesser brother, basically. And that's the way he reacts to women. And you see that in a lot of scenes early on in the season when women are around as he instantly flirts with them in some form or fashion. But what's interesting about Dean and I'm just focusing on season one here about this. But what's interesting about Dean is when a woman reacts to him, not in the way that like, say, like there's a scene in episode two where he's flirting with the waitress and the waitress is very obviously flirting with him. And then Sam interrupts him and he's like, you know, Dean's like, we're allowed to have fun. That's fun. With the exception of like 
that part, usually when women react back to him, it's more like not flirting back the same way he's flirting. And I think it kind of catches him off guard. He doesn't expect it and he doesn't know exactly how to handle that because then he has to be a little bit more vulnerable. And I think for him in season one, it's very hard for him to be vulnerable with women. And when we end up talking about Cassie, I think that also was a big reason that he wasn't vulnerable with a lot of women is when he was, it was, you know, he got rejected. And I also think a big part of it and why he just sticks with primarily one night stands when it comes to women is because number one, their job. And he also was grown up and taught to lie. So he's been lying to women and to everybody really, but we're focusing on the, the, the sex relationships here and, and women and so he's been taught to lie to them and he's been taught all of that stuff. And also Dean, when he cares about people, he cares about them profoundly and very deeply. And you see that with Sam and you see that with his dad and with his mom in season one. And so I think for him, if he were to open his heart up to all these women or to just stick with the relationships, it's just one more person to lose, one more person to have to worry about, one more person to have betray him, one more person to have leave him, one more person, all that kind of stuff. So it's easier to just keep the relationships all about the physical and not involve the emotional or the mental in there at all. And so that's what he does. And I think he, he and there is nothing, I want to say there is nothing wrong with loving and enjoying sex. If it's consensual between consensual adults, in this situation, there is nothing at all wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a one-night stand. Frankly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's consensual. I do feel that sometimes, you know, I think it can get to the point where maybe you're just completely shutting off any kind of the emotional stuff with it. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it, with what he's done. And I think in that line of work, that he has where he's traveling constantly. He can't tell people his real identity. He can't do all that. It's kind of be kind of hard to be like, okay, I'm going to open up and make myself vulnerable to every woman I see. I don't think he ever disrespects women. I think he completely respects women. I never take it as he disrespects them. I think he just wants to have some form of pleasure in his life. And when he doesn't find it in food or music, this is how he can find it is this is a pleasurable experience where he can experience a few moments, a few minutes of bliss in a way, of like actual physical joy and not just physical pain. I think that's the other thing is he experiences so much physical pain in his life and so much emotional pain and his whole life is about fighting, you know, <laughs> basically and trying to struggle to live. So I, I just had a thought too. I wonder couple of things. I wonder if there's also a bit of insecurity that he, that, yeah. that this creates a facade for that because after his mother died, he didn't really have any female role models. So his only role model was John. I'm sure John encouraged the behavior because of their transientness. He, he didn't, he obviously did not encourage them to make long-term connections. But I also think maybe there is an element of this is something he can control. Because he doesn't have a lot of control of everything else. So he has control of, okay, you know, this, this girl's pretty. Let's have a good time. And then I can end it. 
so that, you know, that vulnerability where he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about that person leaving him and him getting hurt because he's in control of how long that relationship, quote unquote, relationship lasts. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, because and I would even garner to 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 say that John probably doesn't have any opinion one way or the other because I don't think John is present enough to see Dean as anything other than his soldier. And because I think John is so and we'll definitely be touching on John sometime during our season one discussion and throughout the series, throughout the seasons. but. I think John is so wrapped up in grief and also his whole mission of finding the yellow-eyed demon is really the mission in season one for John. And so I think John is so wrapped up in that that he doesn't even have a moment or a second to be like policing or talking about anything outside of hunting. So I don't even know if John necessarily even cares enough to talk to him about that. I would think one thing I would think John would do would be like, okay, when you're having relationships, if you're going to have a relationship, number one, we can't tell people what we do. So he's already telling his sons lie. Uh, I mean, Sam never told Jessica what right. he did. So it's, it's like lie. Number two, you know, we're, we're all about saving people. So we don't have time for this. You don't have time for a personal life. You don't have time for anything outside of this. And, Sam constantly rebels against it, but Dean doesn't. Dean is like, okay, I need to be the good son, the older son. I was tasked with saving my brother in the beginning, so I'm going to be tasked with saving the world kind of thing. And then I think the other thing was he just probably said, don't get attached to people because we are going to be leaving so much that you can't afford that unless they can help us or they're part of the whole thing. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably a big a big part of it is just, I don't even know if John cared enough to even do that, except for he probably gave him the safe sex speech. I would think for sure John did that because I think John was like, you don't want to have any other liabilities. So you don't want to get someone pregnant. So I'm sure he was big on safe sex. I have to say, I mean, I have a lot of criticisms of John, but I would not say John wouldn't care about the safe sex thing because I right. think John, that would be like priority number one. I'm sure he gave his son's condoms, I, I, which is cool. That's good. I would not doubt that. One point in his favor. <laughs> yeah. No, I think <laughs> I think it's probably something that he just instilled in them from when they were younger is, you know, don't get attached to people, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, once, once Dean's an adult, I, I agree. I don't think he cares. But as they were growing up, I think he very much encouraged those. Keep their relationships short term. Don't get attached to people. Don't let them get attached to you, that kind of thing. And you see it. I mean, even though, you know, I mean, throughout season one, you do hear about other people that they ran across or that they helped or anything like that. But it was never anything that was like, they were usually older people and people that were like John's age or something like that. It was never really people necessarily. And I'm talking about just season one that were in their age, were in Sam and Dean's age group sort of thing. So it wasn't even like they were really around peers that you saw too much of in season one. So, Right. Yeah. Well, you do learn in episode Route 666, and this is the only episode that this character ever appears, and I have some thoughts on that that I'm going to add, and that's the character of Cassie. And Cassie reaches out because her dad 
dies, is killed by a ghost. And, and granted, this is an episode that a lot of people hate because of the episode, not because of Cassie. And I totally get the problems and issues with this episode. But we're going to focus just on the character of Cassie. And so you learn that he that Dean dated Cassie and then he actually broke that rule. Like went against his father's wishes, went against everything they were supposed to do and told her the truth. And she broke up with him. And so she calls him because she's like, well, this sounds like something that you were talking about. And he goes there to help, goes and sees Cassie. So I want to talk about that, that relationship with Cassie and why, why do you think that relationship is different and what the whole dynamics of that, Paula? I think Dean really did fall in love with Cassie. And because he was in love with her, I don't think he wanted to lie to her. I think there also might have been a little bit of an element of, well, if I tell her what I really do, she's going to leave me at some point anyway. So let's just get it out of the way. And then, you know, if she's going to leave, then she's going to leave, which is what exactly what happened. So there might have been a little bit of self-sabotaging there as well, but I think he really did care about her and he didn't want to lie to her because you can't, you know, you can't build a relationship on lies. And I think she might have been the one that would have, you know, if she hadn't rejected him, she might have been the one to get him to leave hunting. Hmm. So I hadn't thought about that. I was watching it again last night and I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, if you know, either there was a little bit of an element of, you know, like I said, he was, he was using the truth to push her away, or if she had reacted positively, if he might have actually stayed with her. Huh. That's interesting. See, I'm going to be thinking about that. Right. Yeah. Huh. So Susie, why do you think this relationship is, is different? I think this relationship is different because it's really the first example that we kind of like see and hear of him staying with someone that's for him relatively long term but we also see that just being around her being with her let him feel in a sense very safe and vulnerable to trust her with like one of the biggest secrets of his life is that hey i'm a hunter and i hunt things that go bump in the night and yeah i do agree with paula that him telling her could have been Kind of like a double-edged sword of like, oh, I trust you enough to tell you this, but also everyone leaves me at some point and I feel like you might leave me too. So I'm just going to tell you this so that if you leave me, it's because of this and not because of anything else. But I do like, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny because I do agree with Paula. I think that maybe if possibly he had, they had not broken up the first time or if they, still got together like after the episode i think that possibly cassie could have been the one to get him to kind of like leave hunting behind because she was very she's very smart she's well adjusted educated really down to help i think that she could have like been a very good support system for dean to be like okay so this is kind of like stuff that can we like we can work on we can we can see like problem areas and we can like work on them. We can work towards like reaching a state of like betterment with like your relationship with yourself or with your father, with your brother. We can establish like healthy boundaries in place and like get him to be happy. And po possibly part of this is like wishful thinking on my part 
But <laughs> I do think that Cassie and him, like, if they had had, like, in a different world, if they had talked things through and worked on things, I think he could have been really very happy and would have had a much more fulfilling life. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm trying to decide if I if I agree with that with the leaving hunting thing because I think I think a big reason Dean opens up with Cassie and I and I actually don't think Dean does it as a way of pushing her away honestly or of a way of getting her to leave before to you know to have an easy way out or something like that I, I actually don't think that I think I think Dean is open and honest with her because he loves her and because he loves her he can't lie to her it like goes against his whole entire nature he's like i love this woman and because i love her i want her to know who i am and i mean he says you know that it was a big first for him to tell her it was a big huge deal it was a huge deal for him to do that it was not like a little tiny thing where it was like a throwaway it took a lot for him to do that. That is probably the most vulnerable we, as an audience, had seen Dean so far. As And that was probably the most vulnerable he had been up until that point in his life, honestly, with another human being outside of. I don't even think he's that vulnerable with Sam or John. I think that's the most vulnerable he had been. And I think for Dean, he did it because Cassie, I think for Dean needs someone who is strong, who is okay with standing up to him and pushing back against him, he respects that and needs that. I don't think that's something Dean shies away from. I think Dean wants an equal. And I think Cassie was very much an equal. That's why it's interesting with the leaving hunting thing, because I actually kind of viewed it as like, I think maybe he thought because she's a reporter and reporters go and investigate stories, that maybe there was a part of it that was like, she's an investigator. She could even maybe even help in some kind of way. Because that's what she wanted to do was be a reporter. And that's what she is, is she's a reporter. And I think, you know, if this show had been smart, <laughs> they would have kept this character. And you could have even had this character, it wouldn't have to be on every episode, but you could even have this character help them with the reporting thing and with the research thing and stuff like that. She could easily find stories for them a lot easier than maybe they would even in some 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 respects. But I think for Dean, I really honestly don't think there was even a part of him that did this as a way of getting her to leave him or an easy excuse for her to leave him. And I do want to say I know a lot of people get mad at Cassie for Cassie breaking up with him. In all honesty, I don't really blame her because I think at this point she says, you know, you were always running away from really opening up to me. And then when you did, you did this. And I was like, maybe this person's dangerous. She was young. She was really young. And she has someone who she does hasn't known that long, but is falling in love with or is in love with at that point. And he tells her this, and she's a very rational person. And I'm not saying believing in that stuff isn't rational, but she thinks rationally and she thinks evidence-based wise. She's very much like that. And so I think in her mind, she was thinking, this guy wants to leave me. And so here's his excuse. And then also, if he doesn't, maybe he's just dangerous and I shouldn't be around him. And so I think 
Cassie at that point was looking for either evidence that he wanted to stay with her and wanted to choose her or evidence that he wanted to break up with her. And I think even though the evidence that he wanted to stay with her was what he did, in her mind, it was evidence that he wanted to leave her. And so that's why she did that. But I never once blamed Cassie for that. I don't think Cassie honestly deserves the vitriol that some people place on her because it's completely understandable. Yes, they should have talked about it. They should have, you know, really had a conversation about it. And I think, you know, she, I think when she apologizes to him, it is genuine. But I think what's also incredible about this relationship is Dean even says, you hurt me. You did hurt me. You hurt me. And he's honest about that. Dean never stops being honest with her. That's what I think is so interesting about this relationship and why it is such a missed opportunity that this show didn't explore it more. Because this should have been the person that in seasons later on, Dean chooses to go to. Like you said with the leaving hunting. So I guess that would play into that. That would be who he would go and have a happy life with. When if you think about it, she's the only one that he's ever really been completely honest with because he's not even always honest with Sam. Oh, no. Mm -mm. And it it really is a missed opportunity because even though she, again, broke kind of broke up with him at the end of that episode, they still could have, like you said, kept her around. She could have been a contact for them in some way. And they could have, you know, over the seasons, developed that relationship possibly back to a love interest. And when he left hunting at the end of season five, she could have been the one that he went back to. They, they, they could have, they could have done so much with that character and the relationship between the two. But as usual, (laughs) they're, they're full. This, this show is full of missed opportunities and, you know, they bring in really great characters and don't utilize them in ways that they could. Yeah, and I think this is one of the biggest uh, missed opportunities from season one because this was a really, really good character and this was a strong character and they, they had excellent chemistry. And even if you couldn't use the same actress, that's not, that hasn't stopped this show before. So they could have easily recast this character. I, you know, I do think there probably was also an element to it that Cassie is black, is a black woman. And I'm sure there was an element of that to that, to it as well. Plus this show has a tendency to not do well sometimes when it comes to female characters, but it is such a missed opportunity because Dean is very different with Cassie. And you see that just in one episode, it's, you know, I mean, he has the whole line of like, you know, it's like this line is just is in here yet. It, this 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 character is never even brought up again. That's what kills me about it is it's not even that she's not there unless I'm forgetting something. This character, at least in season one, is never really brought up again. It's like, here's this big thing, this big reveal about Dean. And Dean even has a line, you know, we'll be, you know, when Sam says, well, did you work things out? And Dean's like, we'll be working things out when we're 90. So it's like. That is a huge thing to say. That to me, and Dean leaves the thing, leaves everything with Cassie. He's more hopeful than Cassie is. And Dean is a pessimist. I think Dean is a very big pessimist because of his history. And he has hope. Cassie doesn't. Cassie's like, I'm a realist. I live in the real world. I know this. I know you probably won't be in touch with me again. 
And Dean is like, you know, I've I've seen weirder things happen. I see weird things happen all the time. So Dean actually still has hope that there could be a relationship here. And so to have that and to have a character that up until this point, you never saw that from him and you never saw those kind of optimistic, there can be a future with somebody kind of thing and to have him have that and then to never bring it up again is so weird. It's like totally negating a huge part of his history and who he is and his character. And it just, it just, every time I watch that episode, and I've watched it a few times preparing for this, it pisses me off more, <laughs> more every time because it's just this huge missed opportunity. And it was a great dynamic. And, and I want to say, all my issues with Sam aside, I think actually Sam is great in this, in that episode. I think Sam is so supportive of this relationship. Yes, he's teasing his brother, but that's what brothers do. He's very supportive of this relationship. And I want to just say, hats off to Sam in this episode. I don't know if both of you agree, but I think Sam is great in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he was even completely shocked. He's like, oh, you, yeah. you told her. You, you told her the big secret. He's like, I haven't even told, I, I didn't even tell Jess that. <laughs> And he'd been living with Jess and Dean had only really been with Cassie for what, a couple of weeks or so. So I think he, I think he realized at that point that, yeah, Dean was really serious about this girl. And of, you know, siblings, of course, they're going to give each other crap about <laughs> that kind of thing. So he was very in character, but yeah, I agree. This is one of the few times in season one that I didn't really just want to throttle Sam. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> And especially, you know, I, the, the ending scene, and the reason we're so focused on an episode is because she's only in one episode, but the ending scene when Sam is like, I really like her. She's a really like Cassie. And, and it is alluding to effective. Doesn't, is that something that does not ever make you think when you have that, like, maybe there, we should be doing more with our lives. And Dean doesn't say anything. Dean just puts his sunglasses on. And puts his head back and it's just like, wake me up when it's my turn to drive. Typical Dean deflecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting though. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that part of the scene, that part of the episode is like really funny because it is literally a visual depiction of him closing his <laughs> himself yeah. off to any further talk about this. Like, you know how they say, oh, when you cross your arms, you're like closing yourself off to conversation. No, in Dean's case, in this instance is, I'm putting on sunglasses because you don't get to see what's going on up here. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. for sure. Because, I mean, Dean's eyes are so expressive. No matter what he's saying, you can see the truth in his eyes. That's Jensen's acting, but still you can see it there. So, yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's very much a visual representation of that. You're right, yeah. I did want to talk about their sex scene, though, because the reason, you know, if, if you listened to the It's a Fan <laughs> I love their sex scene. I'm sorry. I love all of Dean's sex scenes. I think he has the best sex scenes. If you listened to our, and so I'll be bringing this up a lot throughout our run and through every season, whenever there is actual sex scenes, which there aren't that many. But in the episode that we did for Sister Podcast, it's a fandom thing on Dean Winchester. I talked very much about how you can tell the difference between Dean and Sam in sex scenes. Honestly, I do. I think you can see who these who they are at their heart and soul when you're looking at their sex scenes. Oh, absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah, this is the first time we see Dean in a sex scene. And so what did you think of Cassie and Dean's sex scene in this in the episode? Hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. <laughs> I, I want to throw out a, a little a little piece of trivia on this one. So and this was this was said on the then and now podcast that Robin Rich do. There was a note from the studio that they absolutely did not want Cassie to be on top. And Kripke's like, oh, we're doing that. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> and I think that just kind of, you know, just added to just the wonderfulness of that scene. <laughs> but I agree, you can very much tell who these men are at their core by how they are with a woman in, 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 in during sex because, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good. It wasn't long enough, but it was good. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. <laughs> it wasn't long enough, but it was good. It was that's good. That's the sound bite for this whole episode. That's, that's going to be the <laughs> It wasn't long enough, but it was good. <sighs> I, yeah, yeah. Susie, did you think it was? <laughs> I think I broke Susie. <laughs> I love that the only note that I have in the only thing I wrote in my notes about that scene is just sex scene, passion, and then a lot of exclamation points. I can agree. I think it says, it, yeah. I think it kind of mirrors their relationship, to be honest. Yeah, it does. It very much does. That scene was zestier than a lemon meringue pie. It was delightful. <laughs> That's another great sound bite. <laughs> I don't know which one is, I like them both the same. I feel like from henceforward, I'm going to try to sneak in a pie reference to every episode. <laughs> it's going to be a pie Easter egg for people. Love it. It'll be funny. I don't know if I'm going to like, I don't know if I'll commit to the bit, but I, I just might. Who knows? We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, that scene was so passionate. And I did not know about them, Kruki wanting her to be on top. That adds like a delightful layer to it. But I also saw like her being on top is like also an also an extreme sign of like the trust that he has in her to and to and just like his willingness also to let go of control and be like, yeah, I I care about you. I know you care about me. Top me. I'm good. I'll be the I'll be the passenger princess. Let's do this. Like, yeah. And yeah, you can tell a lot about. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> and again kudos to jensen ackles the that like we've said he could have chemistry with a paper bag mm -hmm. yeah. so good yeah I, I i really do i think it's a big way you can tell the characters apart and granted if we're just going by season one we have not really seen even sam really have too much of you know that that at all really at this this point with Cassie, we hadn't really seen Sam necessarily have any intimacy. So it's hard to necessarily compare at this point, but I still do think that's how you can tell who, who they are. Cause Dean is in this sex scene is completely and totally vulnerable. And he is not just there for his pleasure. He's not just there to get off. He's there to show and express his love for Cassie and for this woman and he and he's so happy to be back with her 
and to be able to be touching her again and to kiss her again and to be intimate with her again, that that's what he's all about in that scene. And he's so happy to be there and you can see it and you can see her. And I love that Kripke said, no, we're going to have her be on top because I think that's what kind of makes the scene work, honestly, is with it starting with her being on top. She's the first one to kiss him too. I want to point that out. When they're having their little fight and their little argument and she's the one who first really initiates the kiss because you can tell he's scared to do it. And she takes charge and control and Dean is not afraid to let her take charge and control. That's why I say Dean does not hate women. Dean is not a misogynist. He's very much okay with her taking control in the bedroom too. And then they're kind of more partners. And in the end, when they're both sitting up (laughs) and they're both coming together and they both fit so perfectly together, that to me is also what makes the scene work because it is all, it's very passionate. It's very much about, it very much mirrors their relationship. And it's, there's a lot of love there and a lot of trust there. And it's not just a quick wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, at all. There's none of that in this scene at all. And you also get to experience how beautiful Jensen Ackles is. And I, I, I don't mean this to be just like a, oh God, uh, you know, Jensen Ackles. I just mean you can really experience how absolutely, utterly beautiful he is. I mean, he's just gorgeous to look at. And the camera is very much giving us that female gaze instead of just the male gaze. And that's another reason I really appreciate that sex scene is I think if people were to just look at Dean the way some people do on a surface level, I think a lot of people wouldn't expect a sex scene with Dean to be like this. They'd expect it more to be Dean in control and only caring about getting himself off. But he obviously does not care about that at all. I mean, he cares about that, but he doesn't just care about that. So that's why I appreciate it. But yeah. So lastly, are there any other scenes in season one, Paula, that you want to point to as far as with Dean and women and stuff? I would point to him with Layla and Faith. Because I think, again, there was a lot of respect there and care. I He, he didn't have the same relationship, obviously, that he with her that he did with Cassie but I think there was genuine compassion there and and we're not really talking about the whole episode but that was a that was a very difficult situation for him because he really did care about her and he knew that his actions were ultimately going to cause her death because of his job and it was the one time you know he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of faith in anything and he doesn't have faith in any kind of higher power or God or anything like that. But he knew how important faith was to her. And he, you know, at the very end when he was saying goodbye to her, he he told her he was going to pray for her. And that was not something that he was prone to doing, like, at all. And that was just a really, how do I describe it? I think he was a little bit vulnerable with her as well. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and I know I mean we haven't gotten to that point yet in season 1, but when we get to the point of us deciding which episodes we want to single out individually, I know we're probably all going to be fighting over certain. There's a couple in this season that we might be fighting over and we're going to be like 
I, I think that's definitely going to be one we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yes, it just depends on who gets to choose it. As, right. As there's, I mean, it doesn't matter because we're all going to be able to. Right. It, but still, still, there's still going to be that coming to blows of, I want this one and I want, I think this is one of those, that Faith is definitely one of those episodes. Yeah. Well, it's arguably the best episode of season one, so. Yeah, I agree. It's, if it's not the best, it's at least one of the best of season one. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think it just, it shows because again, people, people do say he's a misogynist and he's just, you know, he doesn't have respect for women. And I think that's totally false. And I think both of these women show that in different ways. His relationship with Cassie, his relationship with Layla, I think she's another one that, you know, Obviously, it's left open-ended at the end of that episode, but the uh, the understanding is that she's not going to survive. And I think that if she had, he's an, she's another one that he could have had some kind of long-term relationship with. Yeah. And I, I just love Julie Benz, too. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just – she will always be – from Dexter for me. I always think it was Rita. So she'll always be Rita from Dexter for me, even though I, I love her in that episode. But yeah. So Susie, were there any other ones you wanted to point to? Yeah. The one that I like, it's, it's, I don't know why, but for some reason she just kind of like stuck with me, but it's Haley Collins. She's in the fourth episode of the season. Like Dean and Sam encounter her fairly early on. And I don't know, just something about, her interactions with like both brothers of just being like, no, my brother got kidnapped by this weird creature in the woods. I'm coming with you and we're all going to solve this together. And also just something about just how like she interacted with them and also like Jean's reactions to her of like, Oh, okay. This is a smart cookie and we're going to, I'm not happy about this, but you can come. <laughs> and just how they all like really kind of like work together and, fight towards it's like keeping her and her brother safe i think is it's just kind of just a really fun like vignette in what is initially a monster of the week show but gives you a lot more kind of like glimpse into like oh yeah like they're out here to kill some some monsters but they really but at his core like dean is really trying to do good and help people as best he can and i don't know it's just just this for some reason, this character interaction just really stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking about the second episode, right? The Wendigo episode. Yeah. Sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I get scared to say the W name. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm paranoid. I didn't know that. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but no, no that that was one that I had written down in my notes too. Because what's interesting about that dynamic is at the very end, you see this a lot with Dean in season one. Like, he's been flirting with her this whole episode and been very cocky and very, you know, his line of, sweetheart, I don't do shorts, that whole thing. But he's very cocky. And then when they get to the end and they've saved her brother and everything like that, and she's, like, very soft with him and gives him, like, a little kiss. And he is so almost, like, embarrassed not i don't mean that in a bad but he's like twitter pated he's like a very vulnerable guy in that moment and every time a woman is very soft with him like that he becomes very very shy in a lot of respects you see that a lot in season one you see that with her and then you see it in the very next episode in the dead in the water episode 
when he's flirting with the mom, Andrea, and he flirts with her throughout the whole episode, too. And she's like, you are not good at this. And it's also whenever a woman is like standing up to him and she's like, you've never you're really new to you know, I don't remember what the line is, but it's because she has a kid and, you know, but then you also learn the the kids thing in this, which Dean is always great with kids. But anyway, but at the end of the episode, she does the same thing. She gives him a little kiss and she's very vulnerable. She, I mean, he's very vulnerable and he gets almost embarrassed. It's the cutest thing. It's like, that's why I say you can see with Dean that really that whole cockiness, that whole flirtatious, that whole like, I am just the, I I don't know how people feel about this phrase, but I'm the cock of the walk kind of thing. I am the hottest. I'm the hottest shit out there. Any woman will drop her panties for me, that kind of thing. He has a little bit of that sometimes when he's flirting, but that goes away the second anyone either calls him on it, flirts, sometimes flirts back, or like, it's usually not the flirt back, but usually calls him on it, or is at all tender with him in season one. And you see that with in the Wendigo episode. Sorry, Susie. And in <laughs> I just I just can't bring myself to say it. But but you got this. In in Dead in the Water and then also in Faith. You see it in Faith, where he is already very much, you know, he's like, oh, you know, when when he first sees her and she's like Layla and she's like, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and he instantly gets that cocky flirtation oh yeah yeah it really does and i actually saw a tumblr post or some post that was talking about what are some very rare ships that you no one talks about in supernatural and they said this layla and dean they're like it would have been interesting to see her come back and pop up again because he's like that but then that instantly changes when he becomes more vulnerable around her and when he also is like he turns into the I've, I want to I want her to be okay and she's a good person she's better than me because Dean thinks everybody's better than him and so you see that vulnerability again there and you see that little like it's almost like when someone because she touches the side of his face and he kind of closes his eyes just a tiny bit and there's something about the softness in that touch I think that Dean is not used to softness Dean is around so much hardness. And so much blood and so much evil and so much he's around the darkness of the world. And so here's this light touching him in this very soft way. And you see, it just like breaks down that wall that he has up of not being able to let people in and not wanting people to see the real him for fear they'll leave him or reject him. And he lets it down with her because she's so soft and tender with him. And you see the real Dean. That's when you see the real Dean. I don't think the cocky bravado, that's an aspect of his character, but it's a it's part of his protected. So he uses it to protect himself. And so he's able to let it down with her. And it's just it's just interesting. So yeah, I had all of those down for me because I think with all those women, you see that. And all those women also never sh- ever even though I'm sure they're all, I mean, come on, it's Jensen Ackles. How are you not attracted to this man? But I mean, I guess maybe there are people that aren't, but I'm sure there are because there are tons of people that are attracted to certain other brother and this, and I'm not attracted to him. So, you know, I, I guess I can, I can, I can understand, I guess. But the women that don't 
instantly fall for that and give as much as he gives kind of thing. I think he respects that and it instantly also throws him off his game. And then he's not sure if he should act like himself or if he should keep flirting with them. It's a very interesting thing to watch in season one. But yeah, I think those are those are definitely the ones. So we did it. We recorded our second episode. Yay! Yeah, that was fun. And yeah, justice for Cassie. And I just mean that. I mean, as far as we know, she's alive. But still, (laughs) we needed more of Cassie. We really did. I will die on that. (laughs) But yeah, we did it. So we're going to close out. Before we do, though, Paula is going to reveal to both Susie and I, because it's Paula's turn to pick for our next one in a couple of weeks, of what we're going to be covering with Dean next. So what did you choose, Paula? So next time, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Dean's issues of self-worth and his feelings of abandonment. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Oh, that's going to make me cry. Uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You will all need to have tissues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And then two weeks after that, it'll be Susie's turn. And Susie will not tell us until we're recording. Can't wait to hear what Susie chooses. So yeah, that'll be our next one. So thanks for listening. And I hope and remember you can if there's anything you would like us to potentially, we can't guarantee, but you'd like us to potentially talk about in regards to Dean in season one, let us know and we can try and touch on that. Or if it's anything Further down the line, too, we can definitely make a note of that. And when we get to the other seasons, we can try and cover that as well. I, you know, and so hopefully we did justice. Cassie was something that some was someone that something that somebody brought up and suggested. So hopefully we did justice to that. If you want any other thoughts on Cassie, maybe sometime we'll do a special episode more about Cassie. But thank you to my co-hosts, Paula and Susie. So you'll hear in the outro where to find this podcast. but. We're all going to say where to find us and any other things we have to promote. So once again, this is Aaron and my other podcasts. I have two other podcasts. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My main podcast is It's a Fandom Thing Pod that releases weekly on Wednesdays and Fridays. And that's covering all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from the female perspective. But we have other perspectives as well. And Paula and Susie are frequent guest panelists on there and then paula where can everybody find you you can find me on pretty much all the social medias i don't really post i just kind of look and repost stuff occasionally like things but i am on all of those at it's my sandbox you can also find me on twitch at my gamer tag which is artemis 75 that's a-r-t-e-m-i-s-z 75 someday I keep saying someday I might do something over there. (laughs) Who knows? I might. You can also find all of us over on the It's a Fandom Thing Discord server. So we're we're all over there. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. And Susie? Yeah. I can be found primarily on Instagram at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid, where I like to post all the fun, silly little adventures and side quests that I go on in my day to day. Sometimes things get posted regularly. Sometimes there's a long period of inactivity, but tis the life of a cryptid. You know, you just gotta live with it. But yeah, it can be primarily found there. You never know when there's going to be a sighting. 
Yeah. You never know. Exactly. So you want to follow along. You just, it's the life of a cryptid. I love that, Susie. <laughs> uh, and I and I just realized I forgot to say, like, well, you can find It's a Phantom Thing Pod on, like, at It's a Phantom Thing Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, and TikTok. And then on Twitter at Phantom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. And then we're on basically every platform you can find a podcast. And then I forgot my other podcast since I said I hosted three is my streaming bubble, which is a monthly podcast that I co-host with my podcast Brain Twin Jen from – no, that's her podcast. It's my streaming <laughs> bubble. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Did something change? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what happened? That again. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> podcast sorry jen no the other one is it's called twin it to win it and my podcast that i host with my podcast brain twin jen from my streaming bubble and it's a monthly podcast and what we do is we select a movie that one of us hasn't seen and the other one has or neither one of us has seen or both of us have but we don't know the other's opinion and so we try and guess and see if we agree or not if we can guess correctly what their rating is, what the other's rating is, or what their thoughts are on it. And so it's just a very, very laid back, fun podcast. And yeah, we did it, everyone. Our second episode is in the books. Woohoo. Yay. So bye bye, everybody. Bye. I was like, you can say bye too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we were all good. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to It's a Dean Thing. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and TikTok at It's a Dean Thing Pod. And be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. Until next time, remember, driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole. <laughs>